before I speak, um, can I participate with you? Can you participate with me? Yes. Okay. I want you to say after me, I know who I am. Can you I say? I can do what God says I can do. I have what God says I have. And I am what God says I am. The title of my message this morning is Who Really the Christian Is? You see, I'll first read from Acts chapter number 11, verse number 26. The Bible says, And when he found him, I'll start from verse 25, then departed Barnabas to Tarsus to seek Saul. When he found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. In the New Testament, you will find that the word Christian was used about three times. First, in this passage of the scripture, and secondly, in Acts chapter 26, verse 28, where Agrippa, when he was uh, talking to Paul, and Paul was uh, giving um, his defense uh, for the gospel, he, he then said, Agrippa said, um, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. And the third time it was uh, used by Apostle Paul in, in, first, uh, in first Peter chapter number 4, verse number 16, where Peter actually said it, it was better for, for anyone to suffer as a Christian and he should not be ashamed of, of it because you are identifying with the sufferings of Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, the question that one can have is, who really is a Christian? We are all called Christians now. A couple of weeks ago, Greg spoke about uh, three types of churchgoers. The question is, are all churchgoers Christians? I've heard of, peop of people, I've had people saying, um, I was a Christian before, I'm no longer a Christian. Oh, I'm thinking of becoming a Christian, you see. Where we, where we have read, the Bible says the disciples, because up to that time they were called disciples or believers or those of the way. So at this point now, because of non-believers who were seeing and observing how the disciples, how the believers were going about uh, preaching the gospel, they then decided to call them followers of Christ, meaning Christians. Praise the Lord. Now that we are Christians, do we know who we are? It is one thing for someone to describe a person based on what they see, which is just their physical appearance or how, how they see them uh, doing, uh, going about their business, for example, preaching the gospel. But the word of God can give us a better clarity of who we are in Christ Jesus. Unless and until we know who we are in Christ Jesus, we might not be able to, to live successful, victorious Christian life. So we need the word of God, especially to gain a sentence in us, that we may know who we are. The Bible says in Hosea chapter number 4, verse number 6, the prophet Hosea said, said, My people perish, my people suffer, my people are crushed for lack of knowledge. Just imagine... You want to go into, into a treasure house, but you don't know that you have the keys already. How you unnecessarily suffer 
while you have the answer already, the keys are right in your pocket, but you just don't know that you have them. You see? So, nowadays, even as Christians, because people do not know who they are, they have an identity crisis. They do not know who they are in Christ Jesus. Because probably they do not spend time in the word of God identifying who they are. You see? So, this morning, we are so privileged to live at such a time as this. This is the dispensation where grace is available. You see? This is the dispensation, the New Testament, where the old men, the people who are living in the Old Testament, cannot be compared to you who is living in this time. You see? The Apostle Peter even declares, he says, there are men of old. It was, it, was, it was revealed to them, actually, by the Holy Spirit who was in them, that the grace was going to come after the, 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 the sufferings of Christ. And there was going to come a glory. And they inquired what time it was going to be. And it was revealed to them that it was not unto them, but unto us. Praise the Lord. There are things that we already have by simply accepting Christ Jesus in our lives. There are things that were automatically imparted into your spirit. There's nothing you can do about it. It's only your consciousness that is needed. Your awareness of the things that you already have. You see. So firstly, we need to understand from the scriptures that we are new creation. You see. If someone has an Old Testament orientation or is very religious, I will be sounding very heretic now. You see. We are a new creation. If we are a Christian, if we, oh, we are already, we are Christians. Christians are a new creation. Second Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 17, Apostle Paul says, if any man, I love it when he says any, if any man, there's no exception, regardless of, regardless of your creed, color, gender, geographical location, he says, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. It's not a promise. It's a present, our reality. It's a declaration of fact because he, he is, not he will be. You see, this, this, this was introduced by Jesus to a man, Nicodemus, because unfortunately Nicodemus thought of the new creation in, in a natural sense. You see, that's why Nicodemus actually said, is it possible for a man to go back into his mother's womb? When, but Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You need to understand at this point that a man is a spirit who lives in a body and has a soul. You need, the, you have the spirit. You are actually the spirit who has the body. The body allows you to function in this world. Because it is illegal for spirits to operate in the physical realm. So, God also is the spirit. The Bible says God is a spirit. Hallelujah. So, dogs give birth to, to dogs. God gives birth to a spirit because it's a spirit. So, that which is born again is the spirit. So, your physical appearance may not change. You may still remain small. Your wife does not change. You still have the same neighbors. You see. So, you may still think the same way because the Bible has a different application to your mind. But concerning your spirit, you are a new man. You are born again. It's a supernatural birth. 
After Jesus had gone, that's why the Apostle John tries to explain it. He said he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, gave him the power to be called the sons of God. Even those who believe in him, who were not born of the flesh, who were not born by blood, nor by descent, but were born by the will of God. Praise the Lord. The Apostle Peter explains even better. He says, being, first, first Peter chapter number 1, verse number 23, he says, being born again, not of the corruptible sperm, not of the corruptible seed, but by the incorruptible, by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. James comes into the scene and he even explains, he says, of his own will beget he us, that we might be a kind of first fruit among his creation. Secondly, you need to understand that you have eternal life. You see, Apostle John in 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 11 up to number 16, he says this is the record, this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Is that the promise? Does that sound like a promise? He says God has given us eternal life. And that life is in his son. Whosoever has the son has that life. But whosoever does not have the son does not have the life. And he says, the reason why I have written these things unto you is that you may be aware that you already have it. The day you were born again, the day you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verse number 9, where he says, For if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. That day, eternal life was imparted into your spirit. If you are a believer, you already have the eternal, the, the, the eternal. what is eternal life? You see, this life is a different, is the God life, is, is the God kind of life. You see, when a man is born into this world, he is an ordinary man. He has what the Greeks called suke, which was translated in the Bible. It's an ordinary decaying life. But there is another kind of life which God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, brought. It's called zoe. It's the God kind of life. It's a life above sickness, a life above troubles. It's the kind, it's the, it's the, that life that can actually defeat, that transcends over problems. It's a God kind of life. So you will not have it in heaven. You already have it now. Praise the Lord. Thirdly, you need to understand that you are the righteousness of God. Praise the Lord. Apostle, Apostle Paul explains it in Romans chapter number 3, verse number 20. He says, now there appears a righteousness which is apart from the law. Even the righteousness which comes by faith in Christ Jesus. In verse number 10, he says, there is a righteousness which Moses brought, which is by the law, which says, a man who does these things shall live by them. But there is a righteousness of, which, is, which comes by faith. And he says, it does not say who shall go into heaven to bring Christ from heaven. No, it doesn't say who shall go into the abyss, that is to bring Christ. But the word which he preached is in your heart and is, in your mouth, is, is, in, is on your mouth. And if you shall confess the Lord Jesus, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. I like verse 10. He says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What it means is that the day you believed in Jesus Christ, righteousness was imparted into your spirit. Praise the Lord. 
We are already the righteousness of God. Paul, Paul comes with, with, with this understanding. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 20, 21, He who knew no sin, meaning Jesus, he who knew no sin, became sin for us, that we might be called the righteousness of God. What is righteousness? Righteousness is the rightness of God. It is the ability to stand before God without guilty, without fear, without condemnation or inferiority. Praise the Lord. You see, in, in another portion of the scripture, that's why it says, there is now no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set them free from the law of sin and death. Praise the Lord. So if a man sins, or he, he, he thinks he has sinned, the Bible gives, gives a provision. He says, if we confess our sins, he is just and faithful to forgive us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. So, you need to understand who you are in Christ Jesus because it will give you energy. It will give you a revelation of how to relate to God, to see how God sees you. Praise the Lord. That's why Paul encourages the church at Colossae. He says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let it have a permanent abode. You see, let it, let, let, let it gain a sentence in you. Praise the Lord. You, so you need to make that deliberate, conscious effort to have the word in you. Praise the Lord. And finally, one thing that I need to, 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 to say is we are delivered from the kingdom of darkness. The devil does not have the power over you. Praise the Lord. He does not have a bit of power over you. The Bible says in Colossians, it says, he has delivered. That's a past tense. He's, he has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness unto the kingdom of his dear son. Praise the Lord. It has already happened. That's, uh, Apostle Paul speaks in another place. He says, I want, also you to know, I want you also to know that there is a power that works toward, towards what who believe. Even the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and made him to sit in the heavenly places far above every power, above every rule, above every dominion, above every principality. Praise the Lord. So we need to understand ourselves in Christ Jesus that we are no longer controlled or we are no longer under the devil. The devil is under our feet. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, that your, the entrance of your word brings light and understanding to the simple. Thank you for your word because it is taking effective meaning in our lives. Father, thank you for divine energy, for us to make a deliberate effort, to make a conscious effort to study your word. Thank you, Lord, this morning you are worthy you are, well, we are, we are worthy of all praise. We give you glory. We declare your lordship. We declare your superiority. You are king of kings and lords of laws. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. The title of my message today is uh, Finding Your Place in Christ. I just want to encourage someone who will be listening to me today in this place uh, or wherever. It's, it's very important, uh, like what uh, my brother Adam was saying about knowing who you are in Christ. I'm just going to build a little bit on top of that. And some of the scriptures have already been said, but I just want to take another angle. That when you are in Christ, you need to discover your place. 
Hallelujah. If you read the Bible in Romans chapter number 4, uh, chapter number 12 from verse 4 to 8, it talks about being a one body but having different members. Hallelujah. Having different functionalities in the same house of God. Not competing with one another but complementing one another. It talks about all of us, we are different parts but we are of the same body. And if we are in the same body, let us function according to the level of grace we have been given. Hallelujah. And I just want to use a, para, a, parallel, a parallel from the Old Testament. Uh, if you can maybe find someone to write, I'm going to paraphrase because it's quite long. From Ezekiel chapter number 37. Some know the title of the Valley of Dry Bones. Hallelujah. Uh, you find out that when the Bible talks, uh, when Ezekiel uh, talks about this, he said, God took me in the spirit and placed me in a valley which was full of bones. And these bones, behold, they were very dry. Hallelujah. Not skeletons, but bones. Then God asked him to prophesy onto those bones. And when you spoke the word of God on top of those bones, the Bible says, uh, Ezekiel says, I began to see these parts coming together, bone to its bone. Hallelujah. Born to its bone. Let me give you an example. Imagine if you look at a finger, it has got three types of bones, right? There are three bones. In other words, they were not placed together as skeletons. Maybe one was close to the market in St. Helia. Hallelujah. Maybe one was down there. Hallelujah. But when this word was spoken, every piece came together. Praise the Lord. Every piece came together because the Bible says, born to its bone. Stay with me. Born to its bone. And the Bible says flesh came and covered these bones. And when flesh had come to cover these bones, then the Bible, uh, Ezekiel says, but there was still no breath. Then God said, Ezekiel, prophesy again. Hallelujah. Speak the word again. And when the word was spoken again, the breath of God came into these bones. And they were now dead bodies because the bones had come together. So they were now dead bodies. And when the breath of God came over it, they became living human beings. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, a great army of the Lord. I don't know where we came from into this island. Hallelujah. We came from different places. But when we came, we heard the word of God. In here or somewhere where you were, you heard the word of God at start. And what happened? You got born again. Hallelujah. When you heard the word of God, you accepted Christ and you got born again. In other words, you came into this house, which is called Christ. I'm going to name this house Christ. You came into this house, which is called Christ. But in this house, that was the first stage that you are in. Then, because you continually hear the word of God, you begin to discover the grace of God that has been given to you. Hallelujah. You begin to discover that in this house, what am I supposed to be? Hallelujah. Am I supposed to be uh, a, 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 an usher in the house of God? Am I supposed to do this in the house of God? Am I supposed to be part of the worship team? Hallelujah. Let me tell you, in the house of God, there are no spectators. Hallelujah. We are all participators. In the house of God, God brought us to participate, to bring glory to his kingdom. So in other words, when you come into this house, imagine when you are waking up in the morning and you want to come to church and suddenly your leg says, I'm tired, I don't want to go. Go by yourself. Because I'm not, I'm not the one who's hearing the word. The ears are hearing the word. So you ears go. Do you think anything will happen? There will be confusion. Hallelujah. But when every part of that body 
comes and takes its place. We walk here happily. We lift our hands to worship the Lord. Hands don't hear. <laughs> Hallelujah. This one, the brains function, but they coordinate everything together to participate. And at the end of the day, every member is fulfilled. Hallelujah. The mouth does not uh, get satisfied. It just chews and passes down the food. The stomach receives the food and it digests it, but it doesn't even enjoy it itself. It spreads it to the rest of the body and you are whole and you are healthy and you are happy. Hallelujah. Why? Because everyone, every part of that body has found its place. We were born again. We came into this house. Hallelujah. And because you continually hear the word, imagine how many messages you have heard over your life. Hallelujah. What have you done with them? They are not you to feel good. And say, oh, the, the service was powerful today. Then you go home and we have our good lunch, our barbecue. That's, it. That's okay. Come next Sunday. No, 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 no. It's when we hear the message of God, we take it to heart and say, God, what am I supposed to do? Hallelujah. God, you have enlightened me with this word. What am I supposed to do? The Bible says the entrance of the word of God, it brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. Hallelujah. The more we hear the word of God, the more the light of God shines. And we begin to understand our place. We begin to discover our place because of the word of God. Before Ezekiel spoke the word, these were very dry bones. Hallelujah. Refuse to be part of, to be a dry bone in the house of God. Refuse to be just someone who sits and relaxes and enjoys. Hallelujah. Say, God, open my eyes. Let me find my place. The more we discover our places, the more we function together, the lesser it becomes on other, in other people's, uh, the, lesser, the lesser pressure on other people. Hallelujah. Because we are participating. Refuse to just spectate. When the life groups come, participate. Hallelujah. Find something to do. Enjoy because it's not being forced. The Bible, that's why it says, according to the level of grace given to you. What do you find doing which you don't struggle doing? Do it with all your might. Hallelujah. And you know you bless someone by doing that. You don't bless someone by just coming and speaking the word of God. You bless someone by greeting them at the entrance. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming today. God bless you. Someone sits down. You have blessed them. Tomorrow they will come. They will remember that this church is friendly. This house is friendly because we are the children of God. We live by his example. Hallelujah. We begin to participate and discover who we are. Each born to his born. Hallelujah. Find your place in Christ. And you can only do that by the word of God. Before Ezekiel spoke the word over those bones, the Bible says, Behold, <laughs> truly they were very dry. Truly they were empty. But because you spoke the word of God, Things suddenly change. Suddenly change. If you actually read when you go home and go, go down and read, and he says, there were, when he spoke the word, there was a rattling noise. <laughs> Things started moving. And let me tell you, in your life, there might be quite a lot of silence, not because you are not listening to the, the word of God, but because you are not moving. Hallelujah. When you start studying the word of God and you discover the place, your place and you start, you take that action of faith and start doing it and start participating. Things started, start changing in your own life. You begin to live a fulfilled life. You begin to live a life worth lived. The Bible says David, when he had saved his generation, he was gathered to his fathers. Hallelujah. What had happened? He had saved his generation. He was not sitting. He was not hiding somewhere just waiting for the time to pass because we were a fixed time of, of our board. No. He said, as long as I am here, each and every day, I will do my best. 
Let me ask you a question. If God comes to you this, this, this night and he says, uh, I think your time is up, let's go home. <laughs> Are you happy saying, ah, no, I, I think I've lived a fulfilled life? Or you, there are some things that you think, no, I should have done better. Just give me two days to put things in order. Live it every day as if it's your last. Hallelujah. That when you go to bed, you know that I have, I have not held back anything. I have done what God wanted me to do with the time that I have. And you are gathered to your fathers. Hallelujah. And you enjoy the life here. Because this life of God, it's not when you get born again because you just want to go to heaven. Going to heaven and going to heaven is not an issue when you get born again. Hallelujah. <laughs> the key thing is what have you done with what he has given you? Hallelujah. What are we doing with what we have given us? Discover your place. When you go home, just search the scriptures. Search God. Seek God and say, God, open my eyes that I may discover what I am supposed to do. I surely, <laughs> I got, I've got something to give. Hallelujah. Surely, I've got something to give. You've got something to give. Because when he made you, he didn't do a mass production. You know how they do the cokes and everything. No, no, no. He molded you individually, uniquely. No wonder why you have different fingerprints. Because you are unique in your own way. And when you not do part, take part with that uniqueness, you are letting the house down. Hallelujah. You are letting the body of Christ down. My prayer for you this morning, for every one of us, is God help us to find our place. Hallelujah. Help us to find our place, to live a fulfilled life. You know, when you, the Bible says, blessed are the feet of those that bring glad tidings. Hallelujah. When you do something, there is this joy and this fulfillment that comes into your heart. You know that, no, I have done my part. And when you sleep, he gives sleep to his beloved. Hallelujah. Because there's no, you are participating in what God is doing in this time. You are participating in what God is serving in this generation. You've got a part to play. You and I. We can do better. Hallelujah. You and I, we can do better. Refuse to just sit, go home, sit, come to church on Sunday, go home, sit, do something. Hallelujah. Discover your place. Discover your place. Discover your place. Hallelujah. Because you are born again of this seed. Let me give an example as I conclude. Imagine you come into a house. Hallelujah. Right? The, light, the switch is off and it's dark. You get into this house. It's fine. You are in a house. Hallelujah. But then unless the light is on, you can't see and enjoy the benefits of that house. Hallelujah. When you get born again, it's the beginning. You are in this house. But the more you discover the light of God shining a little bit, a little here, a little there, shining a little bit, you begin to discover, oh, there is bread in the, in, in, in the bread bin. Oh, there is this part. Oh, there is this. And you begin to enjoy the benefits of this house. But you need to switch the light on by getting the word into you. Studying the word, searching God, seeking God to discover your place. And you will see, in this house there is so much more. And I can be so much more than this. Hallelujah. He has made us so much more than this. And we can do better. God bless you.